You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. Ex-Brave center fielder and league RBI champ Bobby Rayburn. In the game of life, Come on, bring it, baby. some are chosen for greatness, while others can only watch. Yo, Bobby! Hey, stop. Take your hands off. Hey, stop. Bobby Rayburn was San Francisco's brightest star. Bobby, a lot of people in this city think you're not earning your keep. But to one fan, he meant so much more. Don't listen to it, Bobby. You're the A fan. Watch out for me. I'm the sharpest guy in town. People are scared of you, Gil. Who never stop believing. I know what he's feeling. He hit a bad patch. We all hit bad patches. Go easy on him. You're letting the bat swing him. Hey, Alex, send your head into the outfield. Always watching. Locker room. Uh, Bobby Raver, please. Yeah, this is Bobby. Hello. Hello. Waiting for the chance. To be a part of his life. What do I say? Oh, you know, looks, I was just there. You would have done the same thing. The star. You like baseball? Well, I'm not obsessed with it or anything. At least you're not one of them diehard, you know, baseball fans. Why is that? Because those guys are losers. And the fan, Bobby. Destined. How do you think you got out of that slump, Bob? I just stopped caring, man. You stopped caring? To share the spotlight. Bobby, Sean, say hello to your father. He's on the phone. Curly. Bob? I don't think this is a good idea. You don't think at all. You're just a lucky idiot. What do you want from me? Don't you talk back to me. You show me some respect. Without people like me, you're nothing. I want you to hit a home run for me, Bob. I can't believe you're serious. I'm serious as a heart attack, Bobby. So, Bobby, I'm watching you. And if that pitcher goes easy on you, I'm going to hurt your kid. Every time they think of you, they're gonna think of me. Oh, God, please, don't do this! Hey, Bobby! I'm telling you, he's in the stadium. <laughs> now do you care? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Film Feast podcast. I am your host, Matt Bledsoe, and this is volume nine of Unscottable, which is our ongoing series on the films of director Tony Scott. Uh, this time we are talking about The Fan from 1996, uh, and joining me to talk about it is someone I'm happy to welcome back to the show after far too long. Uh, he is one of the hosts of the Terror Table podcast, and now we can add filmmaker to his resume. It's Mitch Oliver. Mitch, how you doing? Hey, Matt. I'm so, so happy to be back here, especially for this 
particular Tony Scott episode. <laughs> yes, thank you for doing this because this uh, is not the most popular Tony Scott movie. And I was happy that you were interested in doing it because I don't think a lot of people would be. <laughs> so yeah, to be yeah. honest, when I heard you, like you had announced that you're doing Unscottable and you reached out to me about like potentially coming on for one, I swear to God, this is it's so weird. I'm fully aware of how bizarre this take is, but my immediate thought was the fan. Like I want to come for the fan. <laughs> and I think it's one of those, like I'm maybe one of the only people on earth who likes this movie. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, we'll find out once I put the episode out of people pop out of the woodwork and be like, I like the fan. Um, it's, it's time for a fan resurgence, a, a fan of, Fanasons? Fanasons, Fanasons, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny because uh, I was reading more about it. It's one of those things that you would think in the land of film Twitter and just social media in general, uh, it seems like everything gets a reappraisal. And so like the fan, I feel like I've never seen anybody go to bat for and kind of, I haven't seen the fan. Hey, I enjoy yet. that pun. I like that pun, Matt. <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> think about that. went to bat. Went to bat. Bobby Rayburn. Bobby. <laughs> just, just, I do like Nero screaming Bobby a lot. It's uh, yes. yeah, it's fun. But I, I have not seen anyone reappraise the fan. I haven't seen the article where it's like, guys, the fan's actually really good. We should give it a chance. Well, Matt, we were talking about this a little bit off air, but something that this pandemic and like the state of the world over the last year, the last couple of years has shown us, it's that people are stupid. <laughs> so it's time the world gets on board for the fan right and you know get gets up to bed i'm happy to be the one to get up to bat for this one i'm gonna be honest i did not know that this was like a hated or like generally lesser enjoyed film even i kind of just thought it was like a middle of the road thing that everyone was like oh yeah that's a movie and they move on with their life <laughs> i didn't know people were like passionate about not liking this movie so I think but I also the, yeah. didn't know anyone who was passionate about it the way that I was <laughs> as a kid. I, I think it's fairly kind of almost forgotten about even it's mm -hmm. like it has a it has a very bare bones Blu-ray release. It's actually on a double pack with some other Wesley Snipes movie called The Contractor. Um, yes, it has there's a commentary. I don't Yeah, I think that's a really bad one. Oh, okay. I, I it didn't look great, but there's no commentary track. There's no extras. There's hardly any information really about the fan there's some good stuff in the book that i have like thank god i had the tony scott book because that's where i got most of my information um where are you at criterion how is the fan not in the catalog <laughs> where's any tony scott on criterion is the question that's actually like, that's is there does he not have a single one in there no no oh yeah they <laughs> lost all their clout just now i mean it's official they, folks criterion is canceled they got a couple michael bay movies in there i think tony scott definitely deserves a, a spot with crimson okay. tide something that, you know yeah. Is that real? Like, is Armageddon actually in Criterion? There was yes. someone fucking with me. No, it's real. And The Rock. They're both in the Criterion collection. Okay, but The I... Rock is The Rock's an <laughs> well, amazing movie. The Rock's probably Michael Bay's uh, best movie. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> wait, Michael Bay's best movie? The Rock? Bad Boys 2, man. Well, I mean, that, listen, <laughs> I'm a huge Bad Boys 2 fan, but I even I would say The Rock is probably yeah. his yeah, best movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. That, that is fucking bizarre that Armageddon... <laughs> I don't, I don't know why either. Um, it's, I think they've, they only got released on DVD, maybe laser disc. I know they don't have like newer Blu-rays of the rock and Armageddon, but they are, they do exist. I've seen them. <laughs> I've, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. Um, How excited are you for ambulance? Do you think ambulance is going to go to Criterion? <laughs> give it, give it 20 more years. Probably. I'm actually really excited for the ambulance. Me too, man. It that's, looks good. I was and, like, you know, man. And I, that's one thing we've kind of, uh, we've kind of bonded over too is like love for 
obscure 90s action movies or like uh actually that's not even obscure but like corny <laughs> uh like corny 90s action movies i know originally when we were gonna do our next episode together i pitched exit wounds and uh cradle to the grave which can still happen at some point oh we absolutely need to (laughs) i I need to be a part of that um but no that's like the fan kind of fits in there for me like that these like thriller action 90s movies i i know i might be grasping at straws here but (laughs) the the funny thing i was thinking about with the fan uh, when i was watching it is it's not i feel like they try to almost pitch it like an action movie it's not really an action movie. It's just a, no. a thriller. It's a, you know, it's this uh, really intense thriller. Masterpiece. Um, <laughs> you you masterpiece. said masterpiece wrong. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'll correct myself. <laughs> yes. Masterpiece. No. So I don't even, I don't know where to start with the fan. So I, I, I just want to quickly say, yes, while it's fresh in my head though, <laughs> that I'm happy to be here to be the Daniel Epler of this episode for uh, like, I, the fan is my days of thunder. Oh yeah. That I was thinking about that. I was like, this is reminding me of when I had two days of thunder and Daniel came in here and was the champion of that movie. And I was kind of like, eh, I don't know about days of thunder. <laughs> I will fan, convert you by the end of the day, Matt. I, I, I will say this. I I've seen this movie, I think three times in my life. And this was oh, the God. third time before this. And I liked it a little more than I've ever liked it before on this feeling. Yeah. But it, it I will <laughs> I will probably say saying that that it's probably still my least favorite Tony Scott film, which wild hurts me to say, uh, because at least I don't I'm not a huge fan of Top Gun or Days of Thunder either. But those movies are at least uh, what's the word? They have some uh, personality, personality, likable. Totally yeah, the fan is a for me, like a kind of miserable experience because it's full of unlikable people. And it you have to sit with them, and which can be very interesting. I mean, my God, yeah. Robert De Niro was in Taxi Driver, which is, I think, one of the best movies ever made. And he's very unlikable in that movie. <laughs> the whole thing is very yeah. dark and unlikable and not a fun viewing, but it's so good. The fan is like, I don't know. It's, it's a lot of elements that didn't come together. We can talk more about stuff that went on behind the scenes in a little bit. But um, I just think you have to sit with Robert De Niro's character for so long. They try to make him sympathetic. Uh, kind of early on i don't think it works because very early on you see him being a real piece of shit dad with his kid which is not going to help me feel bad for you and he's you know they don't go into like what his issues are i'm sure he has mental health issues that would be talked more about today you know in a better light but it's it he's so unlikable and it's like everybody really is even was he supposed to be the hero is like starts off kind of like a smug rich asshole <laughs> yeah you know? you're almost you're on honestly almost rooting for gail like de niro when once you get to know wesley snipes's character <laughs> and, like, and the only way i mean we're already jumping way into it and spoilers yeah. for the fans but like the only way they really get me to get on wesley snipes side is when they kidnap his son and i'm like well we i gotta root for him to get his son back you know but yeah. it's it's the movie that's it's like days of thunder or top Gun can be fun but like, i don't find the fan really fun at all and I just think it's messy and it I'm a sick have... man though, Matt. Like, I think you figured this out. Like I, I'm a guy who I, I, you are not wrong about any of that, but in it's like, those are actually positives for me in this movie. And I, I kind of giggle when I watch the fan, like it's, it's ridiculous. And, but it's like this little pocket of cinema that I just somehow found myself 
into from a young age is like the crazy obsessive fan stalker trope in movies like you know and de niro is just so fucking good at that but like i was you know a big this was honestly the one that kicked it off but then you know there's like misery cape fear uh the hitcher like all those types of movies like and most recently a movie that is criminally criminally underappreciated right now and not getting the respect it deserves is unhinged wait unhinged was the russell crow movie oh i hated that too because <laughs> it was oh, because he's so it's so awful and so it feels so terrible like i just i watched that movie feeling like absolute shit afterwards and uh that was kind of the same deal. I kind of forgot about that where I was like, this was just a miserable experience. Yeah. So I, if that's, listen, if you can get into that, more power to you. I mean, that's why I'm glad you're here because you're the the counterpoint to me not liking the fan. So I should probably, like, you saw us when you were very young, you said, like you were a kid when you were watching the fan. Yeah. Like, uh, I grew up, like, well, one of the places that I grew up, like around, yeah, I've talked about many, many times on the terror table, but my parents divorced. Um but like when my dad moved and I, I was like nine years old, uh, we lived across the street from this like convenience store that rented out movies, but they only had like three rows of movies <laughs> and the fan was one of them. And they, it was like that drive me crazy with that uh, Melissa Joan Hart oh movie. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Blast from the past there. And like, oh man, it was the, the most bizarre stack. Like Cherry Falls was in there. Like it's like the weirdest collection of movies just in this gas station it's like basically. what they found at the gas station yeah and uh like the fan became one of those ones that i would just rent a lot like and i you know when you're a kid and you don't like i've, I've said this before and I, i'm actually curious what your uh first movie that you realized was bad was but like <laughs> mine was uh batman and robin like when my dad took me to that in the theater, I was like, oh no, like this is the first time I realized it's like, oh, movies can be bad. <clears throat> oh, I have, but, I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I want to hear what, what was yours? Oh, so I have a story about this. I think I told before, but I, it's so funny because it was such a, uh, and I, Batman and Robin was one where I was like, this is bad, but I think somebody came out before Batman and Robin. I'm trying to check 90 B. Um, uh, oh, I think it came out after, but I, I feel like with Mortal Kombat Annihilation, the oh, yeah. sequel to Mortal Kombat. I remember distinctly being in the theater because I was such a fan of the first Mortal Kombat and dragged my mom to take me to see Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> and we were in the theater and we're kind of, the movie's going on. It's not going very well. <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> thinking, this is bad. And I'm like, how, well, how is this so bad? I'm like a little kid. I'm not, you know, I'm not thinking about why it's bad. It's like, it's bad. And I You're look like, over, Oh my God, the cinematography is a mess. Yeah, the editing's a mess on this. <laughs> no, I, so I'm kind of debating, like telling my mom, like, can we just go home? Cause I was having such a bad time. And I look yeah. over, my mom is asleep, like dead yeah. asleep. And I'm just like, then I think, well, I shouldn't wake her. She looks like she's having a good sleep. <laughs> so then I just sit through Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> And I'm that, like, this is not good. This is not a good movie. <laughs> yeah, like that's the exact same story for me with Batman and Robin. Like my dad was asleep, so I couldn't even ask him to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing about Batman and Robin is I do remember seeing that in the theater with like some friends or family members. It was like a bunch of kids went to go see it because, you know, it's Batman. And I remember at one point going to the bathroom and coming back and looking up at the little tiny marquee they used to have at my theater it was like the little picture in the showtimes above the theater door and i looked up and i said i don't want to go back in there <laughs> but i went back in anyway but i remember thinking like i don't want to go back into batman and robin yeah that's oh man 
was, yeah, 97 was a rough year for me. I was 10. It was like all these movies were going badly for me at this point. That's a, yeah, same year as uh, uh, Annihilation. It's a rough, yeah, it's a rough year. Um, but I, I do want to say though, I've like now I love Batman and Robin because <laughs> it's like it's one of the most fun bullshit movies to put on and just not pay attention to. I come but... way back around on it because and me and Bat Ken had bat nipples. That's what turned me yeah. around. No, the first, <laughs> the first episode of the the show, me and Ken ranked our, our favorite Batman movies, and I put it maybe dead last, I think. And I said, listen, I know I'm putting it dead last. But I like it yeah. more than I used to. And it helps ease the blow a little bit that we've gotten many other Batman movies since then and Batman movies that are kind of like the Batman movies I always wanted. So it kind of helps. It's okay that there's this weird, very campy Batman movie because I got my Batman movies I wanted. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. so it doesn't sting as much because in 97, I kind of thought, this might be it for Batman movies. They might have fucked it up. Like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I remember going to Batman Begins and, like, everyone thinking it was just going to be fucking terrible because, like, the Batman name was dragged through the mud so hard because of how inconsistent those last couple of movies were, which you, you, you are fair. You are right in that assessment that it's the worst one, but it's still, like, I'm with you, man. It's still I, enjoyable. Like, I like watching Batman Forever as well, but I, <laughs> it's a toss-up for me between Batman and Robin and Batman Forever, to be honest. I still enjoy them, but it's funny thing. I was cool with Batman Forever. I had no problems really with that as a kid. And then, like within that oh, two years, kid, I loved it. Batman and Robin. I was like, oh, I don't know about this. And I, I enjoy them for what they are now because they're so different from everything else of the uh, of Batman movies. <laughs> but yeah. um, I don't know. I remember as a kid even thinking like with Batman and Robin, like I was thinking to myself, wow, the Batman animated series is more like hardcore and dark than this movie oh god yeah <laughs> and it's, it's like still the gold standard best things ever um but we, yeah the fan uh <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's okay i knew this one we talked about this before we started we're gonna go on tangents but um yeah, yeah i those were not good uh i don't know what i would have thought of the fan if i saw it when i was super young like i don't know what probably been too much for me i think <laughs> yeah no it, it definitely explains a lot about like uh why i'm so fucked up <laughs> that i love these <laughs> movies as a kid because like uh and it's the same with like uh you okay shout out to the discoveries episode i loved it oh, you know i listen to every you. episode of <laughs> film feast i'm a film feaster uh <laughs> but huge shout out for broken arrow <laughs> uh i was nearly jumping out of my seat when daniel brought that up um but yeah like that that movie goes like it's what seven-year-old kid is watching the fan and broken arrow like i had said i, I tweeted you guys because i was like at one point in my life like that might have been that was one of the first movies i was like this is my favorite movie of all time <laughs> broken arrow understand that should explain a little bit why it's like man what fucking kid was super into broken arrow like the movies that come to mind is like broken arrow the fan and uh oh what's it like john carpenter's vampires like i was such a strange kid i love john carpenter's vampires actually um it's awesome it's, it's underrated too bad james wood is de- oh, james oh. is dead now it's yeah, crazy yeah, rest in really, peace rest in peace it's so sad uh <laughs> no i uh i was just telling my girlfriend about this this is a weird thing in the 90s i feel like like kids around our age like eight nine ten year old kids kind of had to go see things that were not targeted to them like because mm-hmm. i was telling her that i remember two birthday parties one was mine and was somebody else's where, where we took a group of like nine ten year old boys to go see u.s marshals 
Cobra. I and heard this. Yeah, totally. Man, cruise yeah. control, which were like that's what we had. Like we didn't have Marvel movie. We didn't have like great Marvel loved movies. Loved cruise control as a kid. <laughs> I don't think I liked it. I remember us throwing popcorn at people because we were 10 year old assholes and we were like getting bored. Um, It's horrible. Until Blade came out in 98. I felt like I had no uh, Marvel movies that I really enjoyed. Um, And, you know, Batman was around and but it was like we had to just go see things for adults and they were making toys for like adult movies like Robocop had toys. Oh, yes. Preach, brother. I had a bunch of those toys. You get Congo toys. Why? Because. (laughs) Oh, my shout out Congo. I just like, watched that again recently too. Yeah, I watched oh. it for the first time like a year or two ago. My my the blast. My friend like loved that movie as a kid, and I'm like, this Me is so too. weird that Congo was like had a toy line and it had all these like fast food tie-ins, and I'm like, yeah. That was a birthday movie for me. Like I had my friend, like we, my friends came over and it was like, I would always rent movies and fuck man. Yeah. What a blast from the past (laughs) Congo, the the fan. Like I'm, I'm trying to, I'm just waking up here. So like, I know I'm just about to get hit with, I'm going to, I'm about to get movie store triggered. I'm just going (laughs) to, all these movies are like, okay. I also loved apt pupil as a kid. Have you seen that? Still never seen Apt pupil. I, okay. Yeah. Uh, Also, what brian singer he's dead as well right um hate, <laughs> hate that motherfucker but i was like the weirdest like i was i was super into brad renfro as a kid you know who i'm talking about i yeah 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 i remember him okay yeah, he was like, I feel a, like big... a lot of a lot of people still like they'll be like brad renfro and it's like that's a good way like chris Hurtado would not know who that is for example <laughs> and it's also like you know he died young and um so he's one of the it's yeah i i don't even know where i'm going with that but apt pupil what why were my parents letting me watch app people at eight years old and why was i renting it more than once that's a good i don't know i i, I mean i always talk about watching fix me stuff. matt fix me i it's too late bitch. Yeah, it's too late. <laughs> i can't go and get a time machine and tell 10 year old bitch to watch uh whatever kid movie was i don't know what like it's I, it's just a whole weird thing about like like 10 year old me probably could have watched the fan as like entertainment for myself because it's like there was just less stuff targeted to kids i feel i mean of course there was stuff targeted to kids but movies i don't know it was just weird i felt like there was some weird thing with like kids ending up watching these movies that are meant for adults and like sometimes mm-hmm. they have toy lines i don't know but um toxic avenger to- oh yes that's an insane like, yeah. <laughs> like why um yeah it's just bizarre it's a different time like and now they've completely like they market like everything to children, <laughs> you know, it's like oh, the Marvel stuff, like toast. I mean, we all, it, it makes so much money. Everyone sees it, but um, you know, those kids get like three or four of those a year, little spoiled kids. these days get three or four Marvel movies. And I had, I had the shadow and like uh phantom and like, oh, <laughs> those are my yes. superhero movies, uh, which yeah. I kind of love probably for nostalgic reasons. But um, when's the last time you watched the phantom? I believe like last year, I think I did a thing where I watched like, uh, Dick Tracy, The Rocketeer, The Shadow, and The Phantom in pretty close succession because those were like that weird period of Hollywood was like, let's do retro, like yeah. comic book superhero movies. <laughs> like, the Phantom is one of like the most enjoyable pieces of shit. It's it's so much fun. It's like a, yeah, it's like it's a actually is pretty, lost I, Indiana pe- Jones of shit is wrong. or something. Yeah, piece yeah. of shit might be too strong. It is, yeah, it's, but like my favorite part, like I don't know, like the last because obviously I love that movie as a kid, and you never pick up on the little things, like uh, even it. There's things in uh, the fan, like when uh, De Niro's pitching, it's so clear that it's like that's not De Niro. <laughs> like the, there's like a, a shot where it's like that's a different person, but oh, in yeah. the Phantom, you can see like the fucking ropes and uh, <laughs> different different stuntmen who are like completely different stature 
riding the horse and like in between cuts it like looks it's like oh my god like what what, what is happening right now like, but you know what? like so they, many people they are doing real stunts though <laughs> oh exactly so respect but it and, is it's so funny watching it where it's like oh that is not uh was that chris o'donnell who is the phantom i can't remember. no it was um oh billy jesus zane. billy zane yeah billy zane, oh my yeah. god that's embarrassing why would I, why did i think oh Okay, sorry. It's still early where you are. So, you know, Um, did you notice, speaking of the back to the fan again, (laughs) the the Robert De Niro stunt double thing, I don't even know if I caught, but there's a very long lingering shot where uh, Wesley Snipes' son was in the ocean and Robert De Niro saves him. And there's like a long lingering shot of like clearly Wesley Snipes' stunt double. Yeah. Like it's full on. Like he's turned facing the camera. And I'm just like, what, what, how, what? Um, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, in the book they mentioned, there's a lot of stuff, the fan where it's like, feels kind of sloppy, which is, you know. Oh, it's a very sloppy movie. Not but, really Tony's thing. Like he's not, I don't consider him like a sloppy director, but there's kind of, it's kind of a messy movie, like from start to finish. Like, I don't know if how much you, you read about this or anything, but like that they, <laughs> they had the script um, written by oh the guy's first name I can't even pronounce it looks like Fioff or Fof. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> I'm Fof. looking at it now yeah and uh so there's a based on a book and then the guy named want to call him Fof I don't know if that's how it's pronounced I apologize yeah. uh uh Fof Sutton writes a screenplay and then they don't they want rewrites under screenplays they call him Frank Darabont of all people oh right yeah and I heard Darabont redoes a bunch of the script and then they don't <laughs> And they're not quite happy with that. So they bring this Thef Sutton guy back on to redo his own script. It's already been redone by Frank Darabont. So it's like, and he he's like looking at it like, I don't know what to do with it now because they've changed all these things. And I don't know what they want me to change back or what they want me to do. Um, and it's just, you know, and he says that a bunch of stuff that he had in the script is not there. And um, he didn't, I don't think he liked the casting of, of, was he Snipes and Robert De Niro? I don't think he was on board with that. Like, um, and I mean, other, you know, it's funny because otherwise I was reading the script or the shooting of the movie went very smoothly for the most part. Like, and most Tony Scott movies that I've read about, the the production goes fairly well. There are some uh, times when it was off the rails, like Last Boy Scout was a, a mess because everyone hated each other. <laughs> but yeah. the fan went smooth, pretty smoothly uh, from a shooting perspective, but um, the script process was a mess. And like, Tony Scott like didn't care about baseball and I think that it's, it's like, pretty obvious pretty obvious I think a lot of people yeah. had that criticism there's an actual baseball player named John John Cruck who's in the movie as a guy in the Giants who's like the big burly guy with a beard and long hair like a mullet and um he's an actual base he was on ESPN for a long time too and yeah. uh he was he just sounded like he was pissed about how he's like wasn't science can swing a bat Tony Scott doesn't know anything about baseball it, you know but it's, I don't think is usually that big a deal to me like if because the movie is about baseball but it's also obviously about the obsessive fan culture and De Niro and all that stuff so the little details would probably hang up a baseball player more than a normal you know person but Tony Scott didn't care about baseball and then only got involved like basically when De Niro got on board he was like well I want to work with De Niro so yeah. it's very clear that the baseball is not the forefront of the the well, people thing, know yeah. the only the only movie that's actually like because it's so difficult to make an entertaining movie that's going to actually honor the game of baseball because right. I'm a baseball player that also played a role or I was a baseball player I should say I grew up playing and like that was the sport that I kind of excelled at um and so like that was another and I loved the Giants but I'm not gonna lie the, I love the Giants because of the fan oh 
it's amazing. like that's the worst poser way to get on board with a team it's like, Listen, oh, you're probably I, the only person who's a fan of the giants because of the movie the thing i absolutely absolutely it's fantastic but the, what it, yeah. that's the thing though it's like you know it, the movie's not you already said it's more about like the obsessed fan and everything and it's hard to cover the game of baseball like the only movie that's ever gotten baseball right is the bench warmers <laughs> oh man i haven't thought about the bench warmers in like 12 years or oh something. man i used to love that movie and, i remember uh, it killed i did see it in the theater and i saw it with yeah. a packed house like opening weekend and it killed i remember thinking like i think i got swept up in the the crowd like losing their mind and i think i watched on tv later and i was like this is not as funny as i remember it being <laughs> yeah no totally oh. but baseball movies are like notoriously like not great uh, <laughs> it's hard to get them right like bad news bears like the original and the remake honestly are really good um but like you know i grew up like the sandlot were you a sandlot boy i was not a sandlot boy <laughs> like, yeah, i was it was way i just saw it a few years ago at like a repertory screening locally and i was like how's it gonna play for a guy in his like late 20s never saw it and it's i thought it was still really good i thought it held up really yeah, well actually it's a great movie <laughs> yeah um but what about hardball I have, oh man, have I seen Hardball? I know the ending. Oh, if yeah. you haven't seen Hardball, stop this right now and go watch Hardball, man. You're going <laughs> to love Hardball. Rest in peace, G-Baby. That's what. That's the part I remember. I remember yeah. if I saw the movie, Devastating. I, I only saw part of it at a friend's house because I remember he liked Hardball. And this was back in like high school. And I was thinking I was staying at his house. And like I, I remember the part with the, I, sorry to spoil Hardball for anybody from like 2003. <laughs> but I remember... That part with the kid was so sad. I was like so yep. shocked that they did that. I was like, oh no, what? Like this isn't, you know, how dare you? <laughs> He's a kid. Like, um, it was devastating. It was very sad. Um, yeah, great film. Hollywood is obsessed with baseball. They were for a while. It's like Field of Dreams. Um, I hate that movie. But- <laughs> it's such an unpopular. Like, I know it's a weird movie. Like, I just fucking hate that movie, and I always have. <laughs> I still never seen it. Oh, good. It sucks. <laughs> um, Bull Durham. Uh, uh like love of the game which i think is another game. kevin costner oh, baseball movie yeah um major league the, the comedies uh mm-hmm. which i think were i saw as a kid you know i don't know there was like a period like late 80s into the 90s where they love baseball movie. angels in the outfield which oh, i love shout out <laughs> absolute masterpiece yes great love movie. that movie oh, that's a great movie vehicle yes oh yeah um so, yeah, I mean, they seem like they're into baseball movies, but an important thing to point out in the book, too, they were saying that this movie came out like shortly after the Major League Baseball strike had ended. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was kind of like a sour kind of taste on baseball fandom and like baseball was kind of waning in popularity, like at this point in America. And it was kind of a bad time to put out a baseball movie <laughs> like yeah. 96. And uh, I was curious about this because. You're from you're uh, Canadian, so I didn't know how popular baseball. I knew you guys had the Toronto Blue Jays. You said the Montreal Expos. I don't know yeah. how big baseball was in Canada. I know hockey's number one, right? I mean, that's yeah. Well, <laughs> te- technically, the Canadian sport is lacrosse, which to me makes no sense because well, I guess well, right now it's kind of gaining popularity, like especially back home in Saskatoon, they mm-hmm. they have a pro lacrosse team, and like those those games are crazy. They sell out all the time. But wow. <laughs> um, baseball, like, that's just, you know, that's how I made all my friends as a kid, pretty much. Like, I would play hockey in the winter, baseball in the summer. Um, but as in terms of, like, yeah, we only had, like, you know, like you said, the Montreal Expos and the Blue Jays. So I've still, I've never been to an MLB game. Um, but mm. I, I was a huge, like, but, but 
you, the only way baseball is entertaining to watch is if you are a player. I feel <laughs> like because like yeah. you gotta the the game it's it's a slower paced methodical game where dudes with beer guts can be athletes. <laughs> that's uh. That's why it was my sport. <laughs> just getting into bowling too. You can eat. You can eat oh, while yeah. you uh. I just bowl. I, it's great. I hated soccer because I'm like, why is everyone just running back and forth, back and forth? Uh, at least I can sit in the dugout and eat spit. <laughs> See, I played soccer when I was a little kid, and I was not an athletic boy. And but I played defense. That was my trick. I always asked to be on defense, yes. so we yeah. barely moved. We barely went like I don't think we yeah. went past half field. Fair. So, <laughs> smart, um, smart kid. Yeah, I didn't want to run. And then I got like a new coach after a couple seasons, and he wanted me to play up farther. And I was like, coach, I don't want to play up farther. I'm a defensive guy. Yeah. Um, and I was like, fuck this. And I quit the next year. <laughs> but, um, but I was curious because like, I, I know keep I'd derailing heard... you. I'm sorry, man. It's okay. It's okay. I, I had heard, I always assumed that's why I, had, I, I thought hockey was like number one with a bullet. And then somewhere I remember years ago, someone was like, Oh no, no, actually the number one sport in Canada is like curling or something else weird or you know i'm like yeah i'm like it has to be hockey right like i it, feel like yeah <laughs> i would say it's it's definitely hockey still okay. like the <laughs> most pop like i don't know i i could be wrong but from my experience like you know and i i'm a massive hockey fan as well it's my favorite sport to watch um and and play i love hockey but hockey is yeah. way more fun to watch than baseball i'm sorry <laughs> like, oh no it absolutely is that's i find there are people out there who are psychopaths who like uh well a lot of people just aren't in sports and that's fine too but like i find hockey so entertaining to watch yeah i'm surprised it has not gotten bigger in america like i think it's a because i think it's fun to watch and it it's fun to watch on tv it's fun to go to live i feel like so it yeah. like really oh, yeah. i'm always surprised and like I did love baseball as a little kid. My grandpa loved baseball and we went to games, the Florida Marlins who are now the Miami Marlins. Um, mm. And they won a world series in 97. Like they were like really good when I was going to their games, my grandpa. And it's very baseball. I think is super fun live because it's an experience and there's again, food to eat and, and yeah. you know, uh, people drink beer, but it's like it, on bait on TV. I feel like it translates the worst of any of the sports, honestly. Like, I mean, yeah, you need the energy of the crowd because you got a whole bunch of gills in the audience. <laughs> in the Bobby, Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> it's, I mean, there, it, it's, there, it's great when you're like bottom of the ninth, you know, big game. Like you got to, oh, yeah. you know, get a run to win or something like that. But like, you know, I, I loved it as a kid, but I've not kept up with baseball. But yeah, people are obsessed with baseball. They get really into it. And like uh, Robert De Niro with <laughs> this movie. And like, I mean, it's so interesting early on in the fan when they're, when they're kind of juxtaposing his life and how rough things are. And with Wesley Snipes' life coming onto this team and, you know, talking about how much money he's going to make. And he's obsessed with like the, the, his biggest problem is he doesn't have his, his number. <laughs> it's like his biggest concern is he doesn't have yeah. the number he wants. And he's 33 and he wants 11. And De Niro's over here, like trying to take care, like trying to take his kid to a baseball game while also making a sale. Like that's when it really loses me completely when De Niro like leaves his son at a baseball game doesn't like leave to go get a drink or go to the bathroom leaves the stadium to mm -hmm. go to go make a sale of these knives and I'm like you're he's a master a of sneaking in and out of stadiums he like that's something we figure out by the end too like <laughs> he is he's very sneaky surprisingly <laughs> but I'm just like, I sneaky, can't, sir. can't get on board this guy and then when he like it makes me so, I think, uncomfortable or like anxious when he busts into because once he leaves his son, he comes back after however long, 
and the, his kid is gone because that old woman who was staring at them in the crowd is mm-hmm. like realizes this is wrong takes him back to his mom and it makes me so uncomfortable when he like bust into his ex-wife's house and starts yeah. like takes some pizza barrel- locks the door locks the door like um also i was thinking like man de niro's ex-wife her new husband or boyfriend is the most put upon guy <laughs> because it's constantly like tim call the police like every time we see tim and he doesn't ever seem like he wants to fight with de niro it's like he clearly should yeah yeah, he's scared of him i mean i would be too he's a complete psychopath but it's like tim does not want to be i'm surprised tim's still around by the end i'd be like tim you gotta go this is messed up (laughs) yeah the moral of the story the moral of the fan is don't have kids (laughs) none of this would happen if you just don't have kids that's the secret moral of the story. So yeah. um, what do you think of, I'm curious about this, because I kind of went back and forth on De Niro's kid in the movie. Do you think he's a good actor or not? Uh, the, I won't to judge be honest, you. No, I, <laughs> yeah, fuck that kid. <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, no, he's not. He's not great. He's just always kind of whining. And like, I love this. There's so many, there's a couple single tear moments that are just so like cringy. Like, you know, when he, you know, De Niro shows up at the baseball game, I don't like all of your, all of the things that you don't like about this movie, in my opinion, are like what makes it good. And that's <laughs> like, that's the thing though, is it's like, it's uncomfortable yeah. and it's a thriller, you know, and it, but it's a different kind of that. Like, I don't know, it's just, yeah, it, it's grimy and kind of sleazy in a way. It's but. very, it's very slickly made kind of trash. It's like a yeah. trashy pulp novel that they put into a movie and like you know thank god it was directed by tony scott because i feel like at least it has like this his kind of style onto it and uh, i think that wanes in it too and I, that's why i think like you saying that this would be at the bottom for you in terms of tony scott movies that makes total sense because i think that he like his style like th- this movie has like the least personality out of his movies i feel because it feels like a movie that anybody could have made and like you don't have like you you'll still get the tony scott isms like where like he always does those really those quick cuts or like three second cuts and then um the the really obnoxious music cues and like (laughs) that's the thing too is like i like i do not like nine inch nails oh i I love nine inch nails i was gonna say my favorite part is those needle drops (laughs) oh god and that like that but that's the thing too is like i think part of like i don't know i just that their music makes me anxious and now i'm a guy who listens to hardcore metal the <laughs> most obscure like just ridiculous music that would normally like they torture people with some of the music that i listen to in other countries <laughs> so i get it but no like the that i feel like those are like the only moments where it starts feeling like a tony scott movie is like when the nine inch nails kicks in and uh they you have like the camera with the dutch angle it fucking uh de niro kind of getting dressed and close-ups and it's like i don't know like it it's like domino has non-stop style same yes. with man on fire and shit yeah. like that like those, those movies like they're just like it, and actually you brought up it makes total sense why you would love belly as much as you do um knowing that you're like a tony scott fan uh so shout out belly but like that's such a like you're you definitely you're a style dude i can tell oh, that yeah. right I yeah. just talked about this on Lindsay's podcast. We talked about De Palma and uh, yeah. why I love De Palma so much. I'm like, it's just, it's pure style. I'm like, well, that's mm-hmm. why it's like, that's why I watch movies. I feel like I, I mean, I watch movies for good stories and good acting, but like, I just feel like you can do so much with 
you know, the medium of movies. It's like, yeah. it's like, why just put the camera down and do something really boring when you can do all this cool shit. And it's like, um, I mean, sometimes people go overboard when they do, or they don't use the style correctly, or they're just kind of hacks and they try to, you know, like, <laughs> like oh, yeah. have style for the sake of having sound. They don't really have anything. Honestly, there are up. some people out there who feel that way about Tony Scott. And like, I, to an extent, I, I can understand it not being your thing, but like the man makes an interesting picture. Like his 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 stuff is always interesting to look at, and it's always like super energetic. Like that's one. The other thing is like I feel that what I was trying to get at there with the fan is like it starts out with some of that Tony style where you know he finds a way to make phone conversations exhilarating. Yes, yeah. <laughs> because yeah, like there's the quick cuts, the people are being loud, the music's bombastic, and then. Uh, then it just all of a sudden kind of becomes just like a normal like movie where it, it this movie really stops and starts constantly. I feel like the energy, it, I, it feels like he wasn't fully in it, like watching it as an adult now, mm-hmm. I can see all the like problems with it. So like, I know this isn't a perfect movie by any means. Um, and especially like when I was, when I first watched this, I had no idea who Tony Scott was, you know, right. I had no idea that this was a guy <laughs> who made Top Gun and like at the time, like enemy of the state had been out and, um, like that, and I, I know I read that trivia piece as well. I'm sure you were going to bring it up about, uh, how he used like this movie to experiment with some stuff that he wanted to try on enemy of the state. Oh yeah. 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 And it's like, you can feel that, like you can feel his, his heart's not fully in this because in reality, it's a pretty simple concept and like, you're entirely right. It's a whole bunch of unlikable people and <laughs> in an unlikable situation and it's like why you look at the rest of his his oeuvre and in none of his other movies are like that there's always at least one person that you're really really clearly rooting for and this movie's missing that yeah i mean it helps when like (laughs) you've got like a denzel washington in crimson tide who's like one of the most likable actors ever i feel like i I just think yeah with him denzel in any movie like he i truly he's one of the best actors alive absolutely no no cap yeah and then he follows up enemy of the state and will smith in 98 is like again yeah. one of the most likable guys in the world you know so i mean that helps and leslie snipes is like i it, i like i love leslie snipes I, blade you know the, the one of the best favorite things ever <laughs> but it's like in yeah. this it's like it's not even his fault they just make him from the get-go just kind of shitty i mean especially the thing with like him visiting that sick kid and then he yeah. like throws a temper tantrum over oh, and you're yeah. like wow dude come on <laughs> like it's this kid's dying and then it's just yeah. you know in, in, rea- in reality, that's like that's an important part of the story because like that's what drives Gil nuts is like realizing that this guy that he's obsessed with is an asshole. And <laughs> yeah. so like that's fair. But uh, it, it's also like that's just so there. I'm trying to think of another movie that has this where it's like one character is just so clearly so much more interesting and has so much more meat to it. Mm-hmm. than the other one and like that's why it makes sense that like you know so many people wanted to play gill but who the fuck would want to play wesley snipes's character exactly. it's like yeah you're just you're a dick you got to swing the bat and uh be a dick like that's <laughs> that's your character man and then there's gill he's like you're a knife salesman who's like <laughs> a crazy you know, person who's got yeah. like a baseball evil villain layer somewhere oh my god yeah he's um, like i don't know if you're an always sunny guy but like he's he's like that that meme of Charlie 
where it's like oh. all of like the, the strings attached yeah. to the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny because yeah, I kept reading this in trivia and like everybody who comes into this is like, I want to play the Gill role, the De Niro role. Nobody wants to play the Bobby Rayburn role. <laughs> and, like, yeah. Who would? Like, Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt in 95, 96 wants to play the the De Niro role, which I can't even imagine. I can't like, imagine that either. I can't really I think imagine. De Niro, absolutely. The only one who was considered that I think would maybe have done close to as good of a job as De Niro being an unhinged psychopath is Pacino. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I could have seen that. And then they had Nicholson who wanted to do it. I could see Nicholson yeah. pulling it off. Uh, um, those were all good options. And But it's funny, yeah, because like even Brad Pitt's like, we want you for Bobby Rayburn. He's like, well, I want to play the other part. It's more interesting. And they're yeah. like, well, we, we don't want you for that. Um, isn't it it's, weird that like 90s Benicio del Toro kind of just looks like Brad Pitt? You know that with his like hairstyle and yeah, yeah. It's so weird to see Benicio del Toro in this as like young. I mean, he, it's I, sexy. I, mean, I didn't know that he was. <laughs> I was like, it was Benicio ever sexy? Like I didn't know this. You know, like I knew he was. He was like, I, I understand the appeal. I love Benicio del Toro. Um, oh yeah, it's great. you know, for for better or worse, like he's he's put out some real atrocious uh, performances before but the thing is you know he's also done amazing ones before i forget do you think that wesley snipes made tony scott refer to him as blade on set <laughs> call me blade oh that would have been great he was already prepped prep for the role like three years in advance he's yeah. like call me blade he's still um, in character that would have made the movie infinitely more interesting if <laughs> bobby rayburn was a daywalker <laughs> It would have been true. Are the, you listening, Hollywood? Yeah. <laughs> Let's redo the fan with Leslie Snipes as Blade now. Um, Daywalker. Yeah, just, oh, man. Uh, <laughs> it's just the idea now. It's so ridiculous. Um, it's funny because I don't think that anybody is necessarily, like, bad. And I think, but I just don't think Snipes is giving much to do that's interesting. And I think De Niro is, like, really trying. And I was reading about him prepping for the role like he did for most things he was kind of method acting a little bit or at least researching. I don't even call it method acting, but like um, he's really getting into it. Like he's, he's talking to all these people. He's listening to these tapes of stalkers. Uh, he's, you know, he's giving it everything. <laughs> and like, yeah. I don't feel like he's phoning it in for sure. Um, no, he's, he's great in the movie. He, I will say he does. He yeah. exceeds what he was given. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I mean, there's a much worse version of the fan that could exist with like not Tony Scott directing and without Nero well, it's called The role. Fanatic, and it was directed by Fred Durst. <laughs> I love that movie, though. That like, movie see, was something else. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> it's a fever but man, dream. Like, I, I don't know what it is about. Like, Obviously, that movie is fucking horrible, but it's so <laughs> much. It's so entertaining and just so cringy, though. Like, it's, it's, oh, God, it's so yeah, hard to watch. It's uncomfortable. That's like watching a train wreck happen in front of your eyes. It is oh, yeah. brutal. I was like, felt bad for, I really, I rarely feel bad for an actor. Like, I truly felt bad for Travolta in that movie. I'm like, please. Oh, I, I felt bad for Devin Sawa. Oh, that's <laughs> like, and that's it's true. great because he's like, you know, he's on the, he's on the upswing now again. Like, he's doing well. He's got a bunch of like really awesome roles and shit. Um, but to have to play opposite of, Travolta playing a dude on the spectrum who's like kissing you on the forehead and shit. It's like, what? Oh it's my god! Real weird that movie. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's really. Strange. Oh, it's something. Um, it is the better. Like I, I'm not gonna lie. Like the fanatic is the better version of the fan. <laughs> in in the way that it's like it's at least like it's so fucking ridiculous that it's fun. But like you know, like there's the this these types of movies. It reminds me of like falling down and Cape Fear. Like another like 
dude, De Niro's done this role so many times. Like it's in, true, yeah. Like was Cape, Cape Fear. What was the other? Oh yeah, King of Comedy. Like he, yeah, yeah. He's done this, and so he's good so, at that. Yeah. Can you? So was he a method actor? I I actually didn't know that. Like, or I didn't know. I don't know that. Is De Niro? Method? I was a little confused at the the way it was written. Like, I and I have yeah. to go back. I okay. can't go back and look right now. I have to find the page. But it it maybe not method, but definitely someone who did heavy research for a role. Like, can you imagine dealing with <laughs> fucking De Niro method acting in Cape Fear? terrifying oh my god or as uh the 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 fucker the fucker guy (laughs) well i do find it funny like that after i mean 95 was a fucking incredible year for nero he does heat and casino in the same year and then legendary balls up with the fan which is like he should be as hot as as ever almost you know with those two movies under his belt um and then i was thinking wow just a couple years later he's doing meet the parents and it's like after that i feel like it's a lot of um listen meet the parents is fucking awesome too i still think it's funny we watch it it's very all the time we wore the tape out when i was younger like um but it's showtime (laughs) i i don't know if i've seen showtime in like forever i don't i think i know that, i saw it like once or twice as i was younger but yeah <laughs> yeah no that's another movie that was at that that gas station that i would rent from. Oh. <laughs> this gas station sounds like a magical place you're renting movies from. oh yeah and then uh what was the other fucking uh disturbing behavior like was just the no no i'm just oh, oh, uh, oh. So i'm getting triggered with <laughs> memories of <laughs> of that gas station and the movies that they had oh man so yeah it's just uh, he does he's done this a lot De Niro. Um, it's funny because there's another movie where he's so unlikable that it kind of tanks the whole movie for me. Um, have you ever seen Scorsese's New York, New York? Oh, yeah. Okay. He is an awful person in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like Liza Minnelli, I, she's the other lead. Like she saves the movie being so likable that you're just like, get the fuck away from this guy. He's a, he's a horrible person. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's Scorsese, so it's still well directed, but it's like he's so unlikable that it's just hard to get past. And, um, I feel like you really walk a kind of a razor thin line when you have, when you're kind of bending on unlikable characters because like the movie better be really fucking good and they better be really interesting because you're going to lose yeah. an audience real quick that way. Well, if you like, look too, like the, the amount of De Niro's roles have been exactly that. And that's why he's so good is that he's able to, you know, like for better or worse, like obviously there's, you know, this one wasn't super liked among general audiences. But if you look at like, uh, what was the other movie that I was just thinking of that he, oh, the Raging Bull. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that's a great example. No, yeah. I had a friend a horrible, who, horrible man. In that. <laughs> I have a friend who uh, like, he kind of made me mad because he, he, he's very intense about like rating things and watching movies. And like, he has this whole system he's worked up with like a rating system that he has for himself. And his name is Mark Warner. <laughs> it's not Mark Warner. <laughs> I won't even I won't even name this person in case they possibly hear this one day. But um, he will rate things. He it's I don't know. It's very intense. And he he like tanked Raging Bull, like gave it like a one out of ten or something. You know something crazy. Yeah, and I'm immediate, like, immediately lose all respect. And within the same day, he like shared his ratings and like he gave a movie called like Firehouse Dog like a five out of ten. And I was like, oh, so Raging Bull is no Firehouse Dog, huh? Like it's like, and he just but he was so stuck on an era being an unlikable character. And I'm, I yeah, maybe like I could a taxi body. driver. Like some of yeah, right. Some of his best movies are exactly that. <laughs> I was like, I can't tank a thing for. I gotta look at the whole part, but you know, but yeah. So he's done this a lot. It's interesting, but he's good at it. And um, 
I will I will say some positive things because I don't want to be all negative on the fan. I thought the scene this time that almost made yeah, me throw like, some respect on the fans. Yeah, I'll throw some respect on the fan for you. So uh, I think a scene that works very, very well is the scene after. So De Niro, you know, is hardcore stalking uh, Snipes. And he, at one point he's, you know, watching his home and Snipes, uh, his son is in the, the ocean plane and he, he kind of goes under and De Niro runs in and saves him. And that gets him a moment to kind of befriend Snipes. And they're hanging out at was like his house. And he's like, Letting him try the meat cute, the meat cute basically for (laughs) Snipes and Nero. Um, when he saved Snipes' son, and so he puts him trying his clothes. I mean, he's being very nice to him for saving his son. He's like, Hang at my house, I'll give you a beer. Here, you want some stuff? And then he's like, I just want to throw a pitch to you. So, De Niro and him go out on the beach at night, and the scene escalates, I think, really, really well because Snipes has no idea who this guy is Nero's playing that like, Oh, I'm just a casual baseball fan. And like De Niro's so crazy. His character's so crazy. He can't help himself, but start revealing yeah. his craziness. He's getting so mad because he wants credit for, uh, you know, basically killing Benicio del Toro earlier and getting, getting him his number back and his number back. And he can't hide. I love the Nero, like can't hide his crazy. And is like escalating this whole scene. It's very, very tense. And Snipes is like clearly on to something is off here, but he doesn't want to, you know, play it, overplay it, I feel like. So he's like, I'm just going to go inside now, Gil. See you later. (laughs) Like, it's very, it's a good, it's a really good scene. I feel like the way Scott shoots it and the way they play it, um, it's very good. So it's a great device to to ramp up the conversation and the tension too with like and and then once again like Tony Scott is at his best. Like he, one of the things I love so much about his films is that he, he enjoys an athletic camera. Like his camera's mm-hmm. always fucking moving. It's always doing something interesting. And uh, that like, that's just a prime example. That scene is great. And especially when he like takes off his jacket and he's wearing the Braves mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, jersey and whatnot. It's just like, th- there's so much like development just in that 30, like, or no, sorry, like three minute scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just love how they both play it too. Like it's just, it's, yeah, yeah it's really good. I almost <laughs> bumped the letterbox for April half a star for that one scene. I was like, this is really good. But, but then you remember that he sneaks into the fucking <laughs> the stadium and is somehow the umpire. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> so, so I don't know. I, it's, it's interesting. Cause like a lot of people I saw criticize, they, they really think the movie goes completely off the rails for like the finale where, um, De Niro has kidnapped Wesley Snipes' son um, and is holding him somewhere, you know, and then like he's saying, you've got to hit a home run before this game's over. I'm going to kill your kid. And it, Tales it's old as time. It's, <laughs> and they have the, the added tension of a possible uh, a rainstorm canceling the game, not just delaying the game, canceling the game. Um, mm-hmm. I've been to baseball games. They will cancel a game over very little rain, I feel like. So yes, yeah. um, that was one thing I did love. It's a little thing, but I love how Tony Scott shoots this like incoming storm over the city at night. I think it looks incredible. <laughs> like I yeah. think it's so foreboding. Like it's like this amazing, like the music over it too is, is great. I'm like, wow, just him shooting the stormy sky at night looks incredible. <laughs> and then it gets, I mean, it does get a little ridiculous with like how De Niro <laughs> sneaks onto the field as the umpire at home plate. And, you know, then enacts the final part of his plan, which I don't even <laughs> like, what? like, I don't, you know, and then it becomes like a whole mess. It's pouring down rain. Um, De Niro's like stabbing people. I think John Cruck, the baseball player, gets stabbed. He was, like, was, yeah, he was the one that he stabs at the at the home plate. Yeah, very man, quick. I've, it's like, yeah. And see, in, in a better movie, Unhinged, 
uh, <laughs> you would see him just like he would have landed that uh, he wouldn't have gotten shot before he was able to throw the throwing knife at Wesley Snipes's heart. Like that's <laughs> that's I love the craziness of unhinged and like how uh, how they go there, you know? Yeah. Like, I, he's 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 fat um, yeah, also i guess stop doing this as a and i'm a bigger guy uh but <laughs> and i i've been like you know accidentally fat shaming on terror table We're talking about like jesse Plemons being fat damon um <laughs> but uh where is it getting at oh my uh russell crowe is like just a fat michael myers in unhinged <laughs> it's he's like a, he's a beefy boy in unhinged. <laughs> oh so... yeah he's just 100 american beef <laughs> You know what I mean? I, yeah, I think my two problems on Hinge that I had was like the timing of when I watched it, because I think and it wasn't things... two hours longer. No, <laughs> no, no. I think it's like an hour. It's under and a half. I think it, I'm like, thank God it's short. But I think the timing <sighs> it was like a bad time. I didn't, you know, I wasn't the mood for that kind of movie. And their marketing campaign really fucking it's pissed terrible. me off. Yeah, because they were doing the thing Horrible like you come too. to the theater, pussy, and see unhinged like during <laughs> during a you know pandemic, like fuck yeah. you bitch, like it's like they were it wasn't that it, it worked like, on me. My masculinity was tested, and I got out there for it. It broke you up. They, that was they, the first movie I saw during like when the theater started opening up again. Oh. I'm like, am I really gonna risk this for unhinged? And then I walked out there. I was like, oh my god, I'm so happy. Well, I'm <laughs> glad it paid off for you. Really. Oh, I love that too. movie go see it i yeah it just all rubbed me the wrong way but um i don't you know the fan is it's again it's like things should work in the fan like it's like a great cast again mm-hmm. tony scott always get, fills the cast out with good people like from top to bottom even in these like small parts um and he he shoots it pretty well of course he's still messy but it just doesn't come together i think because like from the get-go it's like the script phase it's like it's not cohesive and then it just yeah. no one Tony Scott hasn't seen that into it. Um, and the funny thing is, if this is Tony Scott not being into it and still making a movie yeah. that is this good and watchable, like, I don't think it's great, but I think it's definitely no, watchable. It, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. And uh, I'm, yeah, I'm 100% with you, but that is like the the really defining thing about this movie too, is knowing that like he really didn't want to do this movie. And I feel like you can feel that here and there. Um, but like another example that like, you know, John Carpenter didn't want to do Christine and I have no idea how you feel about it, but I think Christine's a fucking amazing movie. And it's like, it's, it's a real miracle when that will happen that someone will like not have their heart in it and it still comes out good. <laughs> and that's a, yeah, that's a good filmmaker when they don't even like care that much and they still make a great movie. It's like, they can't exactly. help themselves. Yeah. I, I came around to Christine actually. I used to not that be that into yeah. it, but then like. The last time I watched it, I said, oh, this is fucking amazing. Like, it's just. Oh, yeah. That one gets better for me every time I watch it. Yeah. Like, it goes up in my, like, Carpenter ratings every time. I, it's so, so good. I, I wasn't crazy about it as a kid either. Yeah. Um, that was, or, like, when good. I was younger. And it, it is funny that he kind of didn't want to do that, but then it makes a great movie. And then, like, and the fan is, like, I mean, he just want to work to Nero, basically. I don't think he cares about baseball, you know. Yeah. It's, like, and I don't know if you knew this, that Tony Scott passed up doing The Rock to do this movie. <laughs> yeah. The, f- wild. If I was in his position, I would have done the same thing. Like the fan, it's just like, it's kind of hard. It's hard to fuck it up. Like that's, I think it does what it's trying to do. Well, like it's just, it's you're, you're either going to be okay with watching a movie with a bunch of super unlikable people or not like, and like, that's where it's just like, it's understandable that this wouldn't have been a commercial success. Right. Oh, it's, and yeah, we didn't talk about that yet. This movie I don't it's know. Not it's not a poorly put together film. Like it's that's the thing. It's, I don't know. Like it's a good movie. I think. 
I think it's at least solid. I mean, to me, to me, if this is if I think this is the worst movie ever made, that's pretty damn good. If this is if this is what I think is your worst, like, oh yeah, that's a good career. Like, um, and the funny thing, I don't know if this is the biggest bomb he ever had, but it's a pretty big bomb. Like, it did not make money. Yeah. Um, the budget was like I think fifty five million. I think it only made like. 18 total worldwide that's very bad and critically it did bad it didn't even do it, it audience didn't like it critics didn't like it it didn't make any money it's like and this happened to Tony Scott a few times where it's like when he's with Bruckheimer and Simpson he gets he, the hits you know they're, they're pretty big hits but then he goes and tries to make something darker like he does it with revenge he does it with true romance uh he does it again with the fan following up he like follows up a big blockbuster hit with like a darker movie they want to do and then those don't usually go well um yeah. and he'll go back to Bruckheimer Simpson again well only be Bruckheimer at that point because Simpson passes away in 96 95 it's like late 95 early 96 so it's just Jerry Bruckheimer but they make enemy of the state which is a, a hit again so it's like he keeps swinging back and forth but um he's such a good director that he keeps getting chances and I mean you know and then he he will deliver hits just like he goes off on these dark kind of movies and they don't do as well but it's like at least he got to make them which i appreciate so um yeah it's I, the movie just it, i don't know doesn't really work overall like i mean glad you like it and i see your point like i can be a fan of darker material sometimes but like for me this yeah. just doesn't doesn't no, work it's totally yeah. yeah totally fair because like that's the thing and even i know you're a fan of like the remake of taking villain one two three um oh, yeah. <laughs> like that that's another prime example though that like the amount of a difference it will make for just you know commercially and for more people to be able to get on board is like that there's at least one you know who you're rooting for you don't know who you're rooting for in the fan because they all suck <laughs> <laughs> like they're all yeah. like they they're all garbage even the the ex-wife like you can't even feel bad for her because it's like god damn she's annoying <laughs> I was she's thinking she's screaming. Seen, there's an element to her that seems like she's not that great either. They don't give her much time, obviously, but um, you know, I mean, I feel bad for her because she's dealing with Robert Nero, but she doesn't seem like that great a person either. I was like, man, everybody no, exactly. just it's like, and I, I thought it was funny, like um uh, they something I read about John Leguizamo as as Wesley Snipes' agent. Um, I like him in this. And they said they said we gotta find a guy who's like he's not uh what's the what are they he's not super likable but he is likable enough <laughs> it's weird it's like because he has to be this kind of kind of slimy agent which i think oh yeah leg was almost oh, yeah. so good at like a, being like a fast talker you know yep. but like there's something i always like being luigi him. and luigi yes that <laughs> a movie i need to rewatch because i liked it as a kid i think I oh thought it, was... it is so much fun okay I, it seems so bonkers that it's like yeah. But I, it's fun in the way that, like, I don't know if you were a double dragon kid. I was also a double dragon kid. Holy shit. Yes. Uh, that, it's like, I felt like I was the only one like that movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, oh, I love double dragon as a kid. And the, the John Claude Van Damme Street Fighter. Like that. Oh, like, man. That, that one, it's uh, I, like, I, I would say out of the three that I just mentioned, Street Fighter is the least entertaining. <laughs> and, <laughs> but that's that crazy. Still has Raul Julia giving it everything he's got as Bison. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and Van Damme's kind of funny, even though it makes no sense why he's guile. But yeah, um, Mitch, we may need to do a like 90s video game move, uh, episode someday. I love it. <laughs> I kind yeah. of love all those movies in, in their own way, like Mario Brothers, um, Double Dragon, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter. I have thought about a Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat Street Fighter double for a long time. Might as well just slap on <laughs> Super Mario Brothers and Double Dragon. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I Fuck, I, it has been so long since I've watched that movie again. So I am so into <laughs> 
revisiting them at some point. Man, they it they had, those are probably purely nostalgia. Like anybody watches them fresh now would be like, "The fuck is this?" But I mean, oh yeah, it, it works for double. Me. Well, Double Dragon is like the one guy. He's now the chopped kitchen guy. Oh yeah, Mark Dacascos, who's like an actually an amazing martial artist. Martial um, artist, yeah, yeah. He was in yeah. John Wick three or two. I don't know. I'm blanking. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He was in a movie called Drive, which we all really raved about uh, on the Discoveries episode. Um, I think you would dig that. If you like 90s action movies, go see Drive. It's really good. It's, like Drive? I know. It's like not a, not the Ryan Not the Gosling, Gosling Drive. Probably. It's 97. Uh, it's from 97. And it's Mark Dacascos and Kadeem Harrison. I can't. And Brittany Murphy shows up for a little bit. And she's really entertaining. Oh, shut um, up. It's, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You've got to see. You've got to see Drive for 97. I think you would really dig it. It's very fun. <laughs> like, it's uh, just a very fun action movie that was not talked about and i think like luckily people in action twitter um brought it up and i was like oh yeah this is uh it's a blast so um high octane action drive <laughs> the, the poster, poster. kind of looks like driver the video game remember oh that God. yes i Fucking do i shout spent out. hours playing yeah. driver two driver two yeah it was driver two i remember we had it some reason we had it in a class i was in like a technology class at school had a couple of video games and driver two i think was one of them on pc i have not thought of driver two in years <laughs> that's what this podcast is here for uh oh god i wish i wish <laughs> i had like useful knowledge in my head oh i don't have yeah my stuff's all trivia that's like you know, nonsense yeah. that wouldn't help anybody. Like I, oh my god, I'm looking up pictures of Driver too, and I'm just getting <laughs> so excited. Oh my god! Oh, retro video game. Simpler time coming at you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a side podcast. I'm going to start. Um, we just talk about old video games. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the fan. So I don't know, but what what else would you definitely want to say about the fan? I don't want to like wrap us up too early, but I mean, I just don't yeah. want to, you know, cut no, you off you're, too soon. <laughs> yeah i there isn't there isn't a whole lot like i think we've actually covered pretty much everything like the movie there isn't a lot to digest here like it's just a pretty straightforward <laughs> simple movie yeah it's like yeah to me it's super middle of the road but now i realize like as i get older and like you know revisiting it again which i i had already like the last time i watched the fan was like a year and a half ago so it's weird that this is one that I like. I, I realize more and more as I revisit it, as I get older, I'm like, oh, this is like, yeah, it's not a great movie, but it's like one that I just oddly connect with. And it's totally nostalgic reasons. <laughs> uh, that night, I just like the style of film. Like, so I, I like yeah. those those crazy ones. And like, what, what, there was another one I was going to mention. Like, have you seen, have you seen the uh, like Perfect Blue? Is that an anime with like a yeah. stalker? Yeah, I've heard of it. I mean, it's seen it for the longest time and have not actually seen it though. Yeah, like that's, I had just seen, I watched that for the first time, like I think two years ago for the podcast. And uh, that like, that's a masterpiece movie, but it's a very, you know, it's another one of those crazy stalker movies. You know, Misery is like that one oh, hour photo man. with like uh, Robin Williams, which is like so disturbing. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I, I'm attracted to these types of movies. I even, I only saw it when it came out. So I remember liking it more than I probably should have. And I probably would now, but that movie obsessed with like, uh, what? oh boy, what? Ellie that... Larder and, uh, oh my God. And Beyonce. Is that the Beyonce one? Beyonce. <laughs> yes. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Uh, what's his name? Fuck. Uh, I am, I cannot believe I'm drawing a blank on Idris <laughs> Elba. 
Idris oh, Elba. Oh, it's Idris Elba. Okay. I didn't know yeah. he was. Yeah. And Jerry um, O'Connell. Yeah. <laughs> super. Every, wow. every movie can be better if you got some oh Jerry O'Connell. Oh my God, O'Connell it's on HBO Max. I should go watch that. <laughs> Have you seen it? I don't, I know. I've never seen the trailer like 50 times. I never saw the movie. <laughs> yeah. Do not, do not take my word for it. <laughs> Did, uh, oh, here's one. Okay. We usually have the same stuff. And I feel like, you know, you would be around the same, the right age to remember this. Complete trash, but I loved it. Swim fan. Oh, dude, I literally referenced swim fan on our last episode too. Okay. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Love. Oh God. It's such trash, but it's Uh, so goddamn watchable. It's like, it is me and my sister were obsessed with swim fan. It would come on like every Mm -hmm. weekend or something. It felt like it was on all the time. Yeah. Uh, Once it hit cable and we just watched it and we were like, I think we're also obsessed with like that. There was a trailer that was cut to like a disturbed. Disturbed. <laughs> yes, you, yeah. Oh my stupefy. God. Yeah, yes. Stupefy. Wow. This is the most specific thing we've ever talked about. The Swim yeah. Fan trailer. And like we were obsessed with the trailer and like the part where, uh, what's her name? Um, it's not Alicia Cuthbert, right? It's um, the girl who was a stalker. Oh, uh, I, I can't remember. She's the perfect score. Um, <laughs> that's what I know. She, the stalker in the Swim Fan trailer Oh, oh, um, Erica Christensen. Yes, yes. So she's like, you love me. I know you do. <laughs> it oh, like, it is so cringy. Yeah, oh, so good. man. God, I, I got to watch Swim Fan now, too. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, such a blast. Yes. Jason. Oh, yeah. I forgot Jason Ritter's in it. Fuck. Yeah, it's no. It's, it, yeah, it's a blast. <laughs> no, I, I man, I I love those types of sleazy thrillers and we just don't get them as often. Anymore. Yeah, and that's we, why I think I like Unhinged so much, too, is that it's just like it's it feels so like that to me that movie felt so 90s mm-hmm. and uh like that's i want more of those like those just like really Sleazy greasy thrillers, thrillers. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm with you we don't get enough of those um so yeah i mean i, I the thing i'm glad we talked about this because i did not want to come on here and just like dismiss the fan i think it has like merit and there's like good parts to it i just don't think it comes together as a, as a coherent you know movie um it's got, I mean, it's just, it's one, it, to me, it kind of feels like a missed opportunity too. It's like you watch it and you're like, oh, this could have been so much better. You know, it's yeah. just, um, I'm trying to check any, like I have always written like trivia and things like from the book, anything I read. Uh, did you read that Cal Ripken Jr. was like the baseball consultant for, for the fan? Yep. Yeah. And did but, you read, but like Tony didn't <laughs> listen to anything that he said? Basically. Was, yeah. 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 <laughs> like, he was like, eh, we're making a movie. Um, and I, my, one of my favorite parts of that story is Cal Ripken met with, uh, De Niro and when he was kind of freaked out by De Niro <laughs> because when he met De Niro for like lunch De Niro was like super deep into the research this movie and was listening to like audio tapes of like actual stalkers of people yeah. and and Cal Ripken said he was like freaked out by De Niro which like I get it like love that sense. commitment yeah I mean makes sense so mm-hmm. um and honestly nowadays uh like most white people are doing the same thing listening to true crime it's podcast true. you know it's just true crime yeah like everyone i know is in true crime except for me but it's just not there's a thing. little gill in all of us <laughs> i i hope not i just hope i sell knives or something um it's like what a uh, strange job it is it seems like a even 96 i feel like that seems like an outdated profession to be a knife salesman like a door-to-door yeah. knife salesman. oh i know i i love though also how he's just always able to get on the radio oh yeah it's like it's so easy to get on the radio. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know how easy that usually is, but it feels yeah. like not every day or whatever he wants to be on. There. Whenever he wants to talk to this dude that he's unhealthily obsessed with, he can. 
Like yeah. It's just and I also love. Yeah, they're ble- like it's like recorded live and they're bleeping the swears and stuff. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm just double checking for anything we do. We talked about all like the alternate casting people of Brad Pitt and Pacino and Nicholson. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we. I just think I, people need yeah. to watch. It. Oh, the, that's the other thing. How many movies? How many movies? open with sympathy for the devil by rolling stone i was thinking that too i was like man uh, that's some of the music choices are very like kind of uninspired i feel like like even putting nine inch nails over stuff and i like nine inch nails is like a very 90s thriller thing i feel like they saw seven and were like oh let's throw some nine nails in here uh so yeah that the that stuff's kind of like eh like yeah, no, I, I just it's one of the most like generic things in the world. Like I, I just it's one of those things where I, I actually like that was the first time I had ever thought of it, but when the movie opens up, I'm like having deja vu. Uh, also <laughs> shout out deja vu, great film. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh but fucking yeah, I was like, how many, how many there's this has got to be one of those things where that song has been used in like the opening credits for hundreds of movies at this point <laughs> it sure feels like it i mean i like the song still but it's like jesus yeah. christ it's like they just try to put it like in so many movies after a while you're like there's other songs yeah, yeah like uh... stupefy by disturbed <laughs> imagine if that opened up the fan <laughs> i would love that i would have really I enjoyed that. recut freddie got fingered to disturbed oh god <laughs> Uh, here's the question are we ever going to do our pretty guy fingered podcast I, i'm ready whenever <laughs> okay. like i'm I, matt i'm not gonna lie i watched it twice last month oh my god <laughs> but yeah. to uh-huh. me, i was really really drunk the first time okay yeah so uh and i've seen it like i can recite that movie <laughs> oh man it's a masterpiece i <laughs> i still i would say i love it but i haven't rewatched it in a long time so i'm gonna keep saying i love it oh and just you, you will yeah. Okay. No, I, you're a man who appreciates cinema. I know you'll. I know you'll. <laughs> True art film, right there. Pretty. I figured there's still stuff that I quote in that movie, and I haven't seen it forever. There's still lines that I yeah, laugh I about, that. like yeah. "You want some cheese with a cheese sandwich?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got so, the jobby. <laughs> love. You have to get God, inside the animals. Oh God, was he? He's in the restaurant with like the briefcase and the phone. He's just yelling I, about like cells. I quoted that literally last night um, where I said, so you're saying I don't need to blow the brains at the back of my skull. <laughs> oh, man. My friend was like, what? <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to, to drop when like, because who the fuck is like us and still quotes Freddie Got Fingered on the yeah, Daily? I don't think there's a lot of people doing <laughs> Oh, man. One day, the long fabled Freddie Got Fingered podcast that'll yep. It might be just for, for us. I don't know, but we'll see if anybody. No, man, like... it's there's a lot of people out there who appreciate cinema. I'm sure it's going to be, it'll be great. <laughs> but um, no, I'm very, very happy that we were able to to do an episode like this because, you know, we said like, uh, you know, before we started recording last time I was on was the Jackass movies, which I'm very proud of that episode. I had a blast talking about those with you, um, but I'm happy that I managed to find my way on an unscottable episode. Yes, I was I was glad you could be on an unscottable and come back and talk about this movie. And um, I was glad that you were like excited to talk about it, because, again, like when I put it out there, I felt like it was not one that people were excited about. And I, I thought, excited. yeah, because uh, that was like the first thing I asked you, like when you would reach out, I was just like, is the fan available? You're like, I already have someone for the fan. I, I'm like, the funny thing damn was, it, there's I more the, of you. <laughs> here's the fucked up thing. I feel bad. I wrote the name. I just wrote a first name. 
which was really oh. stupid of me. And this was like a year ago. And I said, yeah. who is this person? <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I couldn't even like figure it out going through Twitter because I never put it on Twitter. And I'm like, I don't know who this person Watch, is. You're going to post you're going to post this episode and the, that person's going to hear this and it's going to be like one of your close friends. I, I know it wasn't a close friend. I know that much, but I don't want to say the name because I don't want to like make, you know, make it awkward if like, oh, sorry, person, I forgot. They might not listen. I don't know. But um, it was one of those things where I'm like, wait, who was this? So yeah. uh, I was just like, well, that's not happening. So I'll ask somebody else. So I knew that was a problem asking that far in advance because like, I'm going to forget if I don't, you know, by the time we get to it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the fan is complicated. I don't think it'll ever be anybody's absolute favorite tony scott movie hey <laughs> like, it's mine is this just your top tony scott movie <laughs> no okay uh, but <laughs> what but i always ask honestly, what is what is your favorite tony scott movie what i always ask people that that's tough but i think and this might be on public uh, honestly man deja vu deja vu is great i had yeah yeah it's i it's one i like the more i see it the more i think about it the first time i had to like wrap my head around it and that was tough <laughs> i was like it's 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 different and it's complex and uh yeah it's, it's just it's, it's so watchable and like i don't know it's it's tough to say because like you know i i also like man on fire a lot uh, but no crimson tide man okay yeah. <laughs> yeah crimson tide that's got to be it any of those three you just said would be would be good so yeah that's uh yeah crimson tide is it's just fantastic as me and mike talked about last time it's like it's just so damn good. You watch it, you're like, well, this is perfect. You know, it's like, yeah. it's so well made. Everything about and, it is like top notch. <laughs> yeah. And so is Beverly Hills Cop too. Like that's a, that's a great sequel. <laughs> we had a blast. I was like, I could not, like, I knew I liked Beverly Hills Cop too, but me and Anthony talked about it. We had so much fun and we were like, this movie is so much goddamn fun. Like it is just, yeah, it is. the it's soundtrack's great. incredible. Like it's, I think it's, I think it's, so I, it came up on Twitter recently and people were debating which one was better, probably it was cop one or two. And I do think I fall in the camp of, I think I like two a little better. I, I think so. I think I, I agree with you, honestly. Yeah. I think I, I like think two more. Tony does a good job with the action stuff and the comedy still there. Cause you still have Eddie Murphy and like, um, I mean, it's just, I, yeah, I think it's a great sequel and yeah, but I love them both, but I think two yeah. is slightly better, but um, real talk. The only Tony Scott movie that I don't like is top gun. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not the biggest Top Gun fan either, but it's... Yeah, but um, it is. It's totally watchable. Yeah, that's... It's just... Yeah. Yeah. When it comes One down to One of those ones it, that I just missed, I think. Like, you know, I saw it a little too late. That's what... Yeah, that's what I said, too. I was like, I think I was a little too late on Top Gun. <laughs> like, um, I even saw it, like, at a, a repertory screening with a big crowd, and I thought that might make me like it more. And no, not really. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, it just, it's not my thing, but it's still, it's like every Tony Scott movie is at least watchable, you know, it's mm-hmm. like at the very least, which is definitely something, an accomplishment. So, um, yeah, I can't think anything else on the fan. Um, I liked it a little better than before. That's, that's a good thing. And there's definitely positives, but it yeah. is still, I would still say it's my least favorite. Like I'd rather go watch, rewatch Days of Thunder or Top Gun before I rewatch the fan, but, um, that's insanity. <laughs> sorry. Insanity. I'm sorry. It's just yeah. it's just how it is. It's just not no, it's, it's it's not fair, a fun but experience. For me, but I was happy to see like when I went on Letterbox to log this, uh, a couple of people that I follow have given it like pretty positive reviews. So I, I'm definitely not alone in uh, my love for it. But like I said to you multiple times on here, I totally get it. Like it's just not not a super 
likable movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe one day I'll still come around on it because I always say like, oh, I'm going to rewatch this. And I think people you don't like, need to. It's OK. You don't need to like people it. always say that. But it's like, well, yeah. Tony Scott stuff. I would rewatch Tony Scott's movies for forever, probably. So um, I'm sure one day I'll come back around to it and we'll see if I I'm like excited it. to hear because uh, like you're going through this like in uh, chronological order, right? Like yes, for yeah. in order yeah. release. Okay, so yeah, I'm I'm excited to hear your thoughts on Spy Game. I haven't seen that in fucking forever, but when I saw that in the theater, once again, okay, so that came out. I would have been 11 years old when I saw that. That's a movie. Okay. Why was an 11 year old interested in Spy Game? And <laughs> That's I what you had at the time. That's what you had. It's like... Yeah, I loved <laughs> it. And same with the, uh, the other Robert Redford movie that comes to mind for that is uh, The Last Castle with like James Gandolfini. Have you seen that? Um, have I seen that? I'm trying to think. I don't. Uh... It's a prison movie. I don't think I've I seen love it. I don't prison think I've seen movies. it. Yeah, it's it's not great. But I was like, as a kid, I just thought, yeah, it's so, such a weird thing to enjoy <laughs> as an 11 year old spy game. Hey, we we talked about it earlier. We were kids. We had to enjoy things that weren't meant for us. It was exactly. like this is what we got. We better enjoy it. Um, yeah. so well, yeah. I guess I will go ahead and uh and wrap up here. But I mean, uh. And I had a blast talking about this movie because I wasn't that excited, but then I was like, I can talk to Mitch. That's, that's always fun. So um, this has been fun. We went all over the place. I hope people aren't too upset that we kind of went all these tangents from the fan, but, um, but I had a blast. So I hope everybody I else did too, man. Too. Yeah. Once again. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. I, I love the show. I love talking with you any chance I get. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just very happy I was able to be here, get get to catch up with you a little bit, and hopefully people enjoy listening to it. And hopefully, I, I truly, I want to know if people are fans of the fan. Uh, so, yeah, reach yeah. out. I, I, we, will, we will find out. And I'm sorry, I didn't really answer your question about Spy Game, but uh, I already have Anthony King coming back for Spy Game because he loves Spy Game. I don't mean to like awesome. put this out that you would, but like, not just out of Tony Scott, where I think he just loves it in general, and he's coming back. And I've only seen Spy Game it all the way through maybe once maybe and i will i won't say too much because we don't help it but i will say that i i definitely liked it um i'm very curious to rewatch it because again a a movie with a lot going on like especially the first time you watch it you're trying to kind of um follow along i feel like so yeah um there's some really good ones coming up i think after the fan i mean it's a enemy of the state enemy of the state it's which is very good i haven't seen it in a very long time either but i remember really liking it um this is a good stretch because i feel like it's I can't, I don't even know if there's anyone I'm down on after this point. I think like, cause I like Domino way more than most people. I definitely like taking a Pelham one, two, three more than most people. Um, and everything else is. And unstoppable. Great. Like that's going to be a great, uh, like that's such an underappreciated film as well. Oh yeah. I mean, even I underappreciated unstoppable the first time I saw it. And then I came back yeah. to it and was like, Oh, this is great. Cause yeah, I mean, that's going to be a big one, too. It's the last episode. I don't know what we're going to do. I like. Well, I'm I happy I could be here for your low point, Matt. <laughs> real, it's, it's been a real honor. <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing so <laughs> Mitch only comes in for my lowest points. Um, no, no, no. It's fine. You you helped elevate this episode. This was an important job that you had to... to to bring the fan up here. <laughs> so yeah. I appreciate it. Um, no, no, we'll have you back for something super fun next time. I kind of want to do that video game episode too, but we have the yeah. exit wounds, cradle the grave one too. We, too <laughs> we many got ideas. options. We got yeah, options. We got yeah. options. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I had mentioned, up to- I don't know how much you want to talk about it, but I mentioned at the top of the show that uh, I can call you a filmmaker now because you have a film in the works. I don't know what you can say, where that's at or when 
we're gonna hear more yeah. about that yeah so yeah i so i made my first short film this summer the druid's hand uh, it's just a short supernatural horror film and we've been we wrapped up filming that in august like we did it in four days and uh now we've been in the the process of all the post-production fun and uh it's finally like this this last week actually that that we're speaking on uh there's some major movement we got our like finished score applied to the film we got our color grading done uh and it's now in the hands of our post sound designer and he's the last step so that's uh it's gonna be done like honestly like this week and then we're gonna start working on cutting our trailer uh we have some really exciting news regarding like a premiere but we want to we want to send it out to a bunch of film festivals and everything so if you're if anyone's interested in keeping up with that, you can just follow it at the Druid's Hand on Instagram or Twitter, or Facebook. I'd say we're most active on our Instagram. Uh, but yeah, it's a really exciting stuff's coming up. And I'm I'm just excited to share it with people. And honestly, even more so, I'm excited to get on to my next one. Yeah, no, that's very exciting. I am excited. See, I backed it on on uh yeah, thank you. Kickstarter. Yeah, no problem. I, I was like, I'm I'm gonna get to see it at some point. I was like, I got the uh like the digital option where I get to see it, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm raring to see it as soon as I can. So um, I hope you like it. It's uh <laughs> it's pretty dark. Okay, I'm not likable people. <laughs> Does it have might, Bobby Raper? <laughs> yeah, you might might see a theme with me. How much baseball is involved in the Druids? <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm sure I will like it. I I it's I saw a little you know snippet you guys are posting. I'm like this looks very cool what you guys are working on. So I'm just excited to see it. So yeah, that's all very exciting stuff. Um, and people should definitely check that out. And do you have anything else you wanted to promote like Terror Table or anything like that? Or uh, yeah, if if you like if you've enjoyed listening to my dumbass on this episode and you haven't heard the terror table, check that out. Uh, we're on all podcasting platforms. Uh, Boozy and I are going to be doing some pretty exciting stuff moving forward here. So I'm really looking forward to, to getting moving on that, but we have some little bit of reshaping reforming of the show. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. We have some pretty cool guests in the, in the pipeline, if you're interested in independent horror films. Um, so yeah, that's cool. yeah. So thank yes. you, Matt. <laughs> You're welcome. Everyone should be following you and the Terror Table. It's great stuff. Uh, you guys are always very entertaining on the Terror Table. <laughs> it's like I was telling you, I love there's all these references you guys make that I feel like you're just for me. And just like, oh man, what? It's like, who is this for besides me? <laughs> they probably are just for you. I mean, probably, but I appreciate it. Uh, so, um, but yeah, this was so much fun. Thank you again for coming on here, Mitch. I'm glad I got you on Scottable. And we'll talk again, hopefully pretty soon, because we got some episodes we're cooking up now. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, no, I know even the last time I was on here, we'd said, like, yeah, Matt will be on the tarot table within the next two months here. Absolutely. We're just kind of slower on our end right now, going through some changes. So, uh, but Matt, I, I really hope you're going to join for an episode soon. I would love to, yeah. Just yeah, let me, no, it's going to be a, I... <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a blast. And the last thing I want to promote uh, personally, like over my own film, is uh, Jackass Forever is out February 4th. So everyone support art at your local cinema. And yeah. <laughs> I am so excited for Jackass Forever. I think when I post this, the next weekend following up Jackass Forever will be out. And I just hope it, I hope it's fun. I mean, I'm sure it'll be fun, but like, mm-hmm. I'm just looking for a good time. With my friends in the theater. Cause like I was telling you, I think before we start recording, we saw Jackass 3d in 3d and it was like one of the most fun times we've had as a group of friends. So, um, yeah. 
I am very much looking forward to Jackass River. <laughs> no, so. there's some some great movies coming up right away here too. Like I'm, oh my god, I'm so excited for Batman. I yes, I am too. Let's see, this is, I'm getting another version of like dark, brooding Batman. So Batman and Robin, it's okay what you did. <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. It's okay. We're still getting good Batman movies, so it's not like you I just everything. Yeah. We are so lucky to know. Like I'm so lucky to know that we are living in an age where Paul Dano is going to play the Riddler. Like. <laughs> Yeah, it's and Robert Pattinson. Shout out. Like, honestly, probably my favorite actor working right now. So I'm yeah. so excited for that. He's been good in like so much stuff post Twilight. It's just bananas. Like every time yep. I see him, it's like it's going to be weird or interesting. I feel like we really are living like this golden age of superhero movies. I know we all can complain about MCU stuff like taking over and being too much. But like I always have to remind myself, like when I was a kid in the 90s, all we had were like some cartoons which were great like the x-men and spider-man cartoons were wonderful but like to think now where we're at with mcu stuff and the characters they're bringing in who were like characters that i felt like i they were super obscure you know third string avengers who are now we're getting a moon knight show i know (laughs) that's insane like that was the one that looks great like it looks awesome moon knight was a guy i loved as a kid because he was so fucking cool but i never in my wildest dream thought oh we'll get a big budget moon knight thing one day you know it's like so I got to remind myself sure, sometimes. Yeah. I'm sure the internet was broken the day that they announced Eternals as well, because there's probably everyone Googling, what is Eternals? <laughs> even, like, same with Guardians of the Galaxy, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even me as, like, a big Marvel fan as a kid. I mean, I knew, I heard the name, but that was about it. Like, I did not know much about the Eternals at all. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's a weird. I mean, it's a good time. I mean, like I always say, like. At least they're good. Like, that's the thing. Yeah, we may be getting, like, I still haven't seen Eternals. But, like, for the most part, Marvel's been hitting. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I always say like, you know, I just would like more room for other stuff, you know, like a, yeah. like a mid budget thriller, like the fan. Like from the the fan. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Like more room for stuff like that, but then that's streaming. But anyway, that's <laughs> so um, neither here nor there. So anyway, but <laughs> yes, everyone follow Mitch and all his stuff. Um, so I will say for our stuff, you could follow uh, the podcast on Twitter at film Feast pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt blood 87. Um, you can follow me and the podcast on Instagram at Film Feast, all one word. And thank you guys for listening. And we will talk to you next time. Bye, everybody.